Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay. I think we are ready to roll. Here we go. Three, two, one. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery's show live on this Thursday evening with you. As a lot of things happening. Uh, Falcons are in OTA. Braves with a... Good win last night against the Dodgers. Now open up a big series against Philadelphia. Falcon, or sorry, Hawks, uh, obviously. We're trying to figure out what the offseason is going to bring. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Gabe Burns. He's the sports feature writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of his work, and he's on Twitter at AJC. Gabe, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes with us tonight. Absolutely. Always happy to come on. Well, uh, you know, I don't want to put too much into one particular game, but it did feel like last night was a game that the Braves really needed to to win. I mean, obviously there's been struggles in the regular season the last couple of years against the Dodgers. Bryce Elder was really good last night, but that felt like a game that they just needed to kind of get off the schneid heading into this Philadelphia series. You know, that's exactly what I told somebody uh right after it ended, I was like, man, they really needed that one. And I'm the king of kind of downplaying baseball in May, honestly. Uh, there's not – because it, there's just not a lot of benefit to freaking out one way or another typically. But it did feel, you know, when <laughs> when Ozzy hits that sack fly, it just – it did feel like a relief, right? And we know the hit, there's, a, there's a strong history between these two clubs. And outside of the Braves getting them in 21, I mean, this team has – really had a ton of success against the Braves. And there's not many teams who could say that since 2018. So it did feel, again, like, look, they had a what I considered the worst series they've played in years in Toronto. And then they bounced back against Texas and Seattle, who we know are two good teams. This was this series, though, it just it felt like a letdown. You know, when you have Stone and Miller there, it just this felt like a series that you should have taken two out of three. But the fact you weren't swept, you could just tell, even in just seeing the celebration last night, it really did. It felt like just like just a sigh of relief. You know, Gabe, I think this is a big series starting with Philadelphia for these next four games. I mean, if you can take three out of four, you really put a gut punch into Philadelphia, and, and they start to get you know pretty far behind. I mean, considering that you have to overcome three teams if you're going to win – the division, but if Philadelphia can come in here and maybe take 
three out of four. All of a sudden, this gets to be a, a tight division race. It, it just feels like that this – I don't want to say it's going to define this, this season or anything like that. I mean, I'm not trying to be over the top, but, but there really does feel like this could be a swing series for these two clubs, you know, depending on which way this thing goes. It's an important one. And I will say, when we look back on last year, uh, there were several series against the Mets that we kind of pinpointed as, you know, it, it, this one's important for one or the other. And obviously, those two teams kind of traded blows, and then there at the very end, the Braves wound up winning it. But so you don't know how things are going to progress. But for where we are right now, this this does feel big, and it's it's a heck of an opportunity for the Braves to really kind of just keep pushing the Phillies back because I think the assumption that we're all making, and this might not come to fruition, but we're, we're all making an assumption that this Phillies team is going to really wake up at some point, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to hit their stride. They're going to come. And at that point, it's just a matter of, you know, are the Braves, are the Braves going to be eight or nine games up at that point? Or is this going to be a four or five game difference where the Phillies can really close? So, that when we're talking about when I'm on here again in August and September, and we're talking about all this, you know, these games do they have they have a big effect, and the Phillies just they have not played their best, nowhere close to it. Uh, I think we know the player Trey Turner is certainly Braves fans know with all the damage he's done to them over the years, and he has not been that guy yet. So there's a lot of things that haven't clicked for them. We're assuming eventually it will, but this is a big weekend as far as yeah. Can Philadelphia kind of keep this thing close and not, you know, let it get off the rails? And for the Braves, it's an opportunity to just keep pushing them further back. So if that run does come, they'll have some breathing room. Gabe Burns on the WaitFor.com hotline, sports feature writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, joining me here. You know, uh, Michael Soroka had arguably his maybe his most important minor league start that, he, that he's had over these last couple of seasons. And, again, I'm not so much worried about, you know, how quickly he's going to come up, but do you get the sense that the timetable is starting to move up to where he may be available sooner than later? It certainly looks and feels that way. And I, I say that with an abundance of caution uh, like anyone would, and the Braves would as well, and Michael, Michael, same thing. Uh, given the way that this saga has progressed, you can't say anything with too much confidence, but there's been a lot of encouraging signs with him. He's really been able to get his, you know, kind of, pardon the cliche, but get his work in down there and just build himself back up, and this team was not going to rush him. I know even uh, when they were in Toronto, I know, you know when they had a vacant spot open for a starter, then a lot of people were like, oh, well, could Soroka, you know, wouldn't that be a great story if he came back and it was in Canada? And, yeah, I mean, of course that would have been a great story. But they're not under any pressure to rush him. And just given how ever you have to be so careful with this guy, it seems like we're at the point that, he's he's almost there and, and you know again things can change but it does feel like it, we're not that far away from finally seeing him again uh i would certainly say no don't have don't go in with any kind of sizable expectations because i just don't i, I just don't think that's fair at this point because we simply do not know what he's going to provide we know what he provided before the injury and the fact that he's even going to be back out there at all will be a remarkable story but I mean, look, if he can come and just be a steady guy who can cover some innings and give this team a shot, given, you know, the state of their rotation and what they've been dealing with, 
uh, that'd be a huge win. How funny was it to see Freddie and Jason Hayward teammates again? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't that feel like it was so long ago? Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, and, and it's amazing the the two paths those guys took. You know, we we honestly, we all thought that Hayward was going to be the one that kind of had Freddie's career here, right? And to see the way that, you know, those two careers have gone, it's been really fascinating. And, and look, they're both, they're both really good guys. And we'll see, you know, uh, are the Braves going to see them in October? Uh, that'd be a pretty – Pretty big story, but uh, we got a lot of time until we're there. Let's uh, let's bounce around a little bit. Uh, Falcons obviously in their OTAs, and um, you know a lot of optimism right now. I mean, I, I was reading an article on NFL.com that um, the Falcons are the are the team that a lot of folks are jumping on the bandwagon for that that they feel like they can win the you know NFC South and could be one of the better teams and certainly a, a playoff team this upcoming season. I've said, Gabe, that I really think that the the first thing I'm going to look at is they have to be, with all of the weapons they have on offense, they need to be an elite red zone team, that they need to be a 67% touchdown ratio red zone type of team. Offensively, how do you see this team performing? There certainly is a lot of weapons, and Desmond Ritter is going to have a lot of things to, you know, listen, hand off, throw to. I mean, he's got a whole plethora of people that he's got behind him. Uh, I completely agree because when you look at especially the size that they have, there's no excuse. And when you have Algier and Robinson as well, there's no excuse. You have to be a great red zone team. And and the way that this team is going to play <clears throat> stylistically, the reality is you're going to be in a lot of close games. You know, when you're emphasizing running the ball and it, I mean they're just they're going to play a lot of close games. So red zone efficiency is going to be paramount. So London, Pitts, I mean, we know the names. I think the, I think the story's really simple. You're going to find out if Ritter's your, your guy. And that's, I mean, everything else is great. There's plenty of reason for optimism. There's lots of sexy fantasy football talk with this team. The defense should be much improved. But, you, I mean, they, they've set Ritter up here, and it's, it's a great thing for him, and it's a good thing for the franchise because they're going to take a look at this and if it doesn't happen, they'll be able to pivot, and the next guy is going to have plenty to work with as well. So, I mean, you, you nailed it. Or He's going to have a lot to work with. And the red zone efficiency, how they perform there, I mean, no, it's not hyperbole. That's it. That's their season right there because, again, this team, just the way that they're built and the way they play, they're going to be in a lot of close games. And I'll tell you, Gabe, you know, when you look at their schedule, it's, it's, it is a, obviously a last-place schedule. But they're, besides the Falcons themselves – the whole division, and most of the teams that they play, there are so many questions. I mean, again, we don't know what Jordan Love and the Packers are going to look like. I know they've got players, but are, are they going to be the same as they were under A.A. Ron? I mean, you know, Arizona is one of the worst yeah. rosters in, in the NFL, but anytime you go out west to try to play that team, they could be pretty good. You know, they, they, they obviously the division is just a jumbled mess right now. Like, when you look at their schedule, there's just so many questions about, okay, who could be good? Who may not be good? I mean, I, I don't really have a handle on how many good teams that there really are on the Falcons' schedule this year. And you know what is so funny about that is there are shows all across America in the NFC saying this exact same thing. Yeah. Because when you, you look at the conference, I mean, there's really – you feel good about the Eagles, you feel good about Dallas – uh, and you feel good about San Francisco, their quarterback situation notwithstanding. But, I mean, I don't think anyone would be shocked if, like, Seattle 
took a step back after, you know, a surprising year. Same thing for the Giants. They surprised last year. Sometimes these teams take a step back. There's not really much to feel great about. And for a team like the Falcons that is theoretically moving moving up with all the moves they made, that's great news. But it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for a lot of teams. Like Arizona's got the worst roster in the league by far. But you're right. You know, you don't know. You're going out there. You, you just don't know. And then in the, the NFC South, uh, my rule with this stuff is that these bad divisions sometimes they don't they don't stay that way. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if one of these teams wins ten, the other wins nine. Like I, it's it's going to be better than it was a year ago. And you look around the NFC. I mean, there's going to have to be a couple of surprise teams. And I don't even know if the Falcons would be fairly considered a surprise team at this point because of the buzz and because of what they've done. But they're certainly in great position to be one of those that jumps from out of the mix into the playoffs. So I have said repeatedly on my show that there are two questions that I want to ask Tony Ressler. I want to sit down and put the Wonder Woman lasso of truth around him for two questions. Number one is, are we going in the luxury tax this year? I know all the hyperbole about when it's right, when it's proper, this, that, and the other. Okay, I know the talking points, but are we going in the luxury tax this year? Because currently the roster is in the luxury tax as it stands right now. That's the first question. And then what is Quinn Snyder's pecking order as far as player personnel goes? That's the two questions I have for Tony Ressler. How do you think you answer those two questions? Well, as far as the luxury tax goes – uh, you just said, you know, oh, when the time is right. I'll ask if, if the time is not right right now, when when exactly is the time right? And I know mm-hmm. that people would go, oh, well, this team is not a, you know, they're not a top three seed, they're not a favorite. But in order to get there, you're you're gonna you're gonna have to be in the tax. Yep. Especially with what you've already invested in this team, you're gonna have to pay. You're either paying Murray, or if something's not going to work out then you're moving parts and whoever it is that's going to help you get to that next level you're paying them as well if that's multiple players if that's another player, whatever it is the reality is you're just not you're not going to the finals and ducking the luxury tax in most uh, in most instances barring something very rare and that's not going to happen here because you already have obviously Trey Young's contract and if you do wind up paying DeJounte so the reality is if this team is going to eventually break through they're just going to have to pay the tax and whatever the roster looks like, that's just that's just the reality of it. So that's going to happen. That's it's going to have to happen this year. And if you're going to maintain this team, if, if you're going to have sustained success, then you're going to have to do it there as well. And as far as as far as the players go, um, it seems like Quinn and Trey Young have been a nice fit so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as talking about all of the trade rumors. Frankly, I know that there was the report out there the other day about the Lakers. I mean, I'm sure the Lakers are looking at everybody, whatever. That has nothing to do with what the Hawks want to do. Um, So right now, I think it behooves you to just stick with Trey, roll into this next season and see. But the big question, it it is, it's DeJounte, and it's going to be, you know, if he's going to be a guy that sticks here long term. And that's not going to be a question that we have a quick answer for. I will say, I feel like I said this last offseason, I feel like this is the offseason that John Collins has finally moved. 
But frankly, I mean, I feel like two years from now, I could be on here and we could still be talking about John Collins getting moved, right? So yeah, I, I mean, we'll I, I, I'm with you because, I mean, again, it, at some point that, you know, the the smoke becomes fire at some point. I mean, it, it, it just – you can't keep having this smoke on the fire and, and not get a flame for it. So we'll see what happens. You can check out all of his work at AJC.com, sports feature writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Gabe Burns joined me here on the waitfor.com hotline at Gabe Burns AJC on Twitter. Gabe, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes tonight. We will talk again here soon. Yeah, sure thing. You got it. John Chuckery, we'll be back. Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. All right, my friend. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes with us here yeah. tonight. So, all good. Yeah, absolutely, man. All good. So, y'all good? We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.